they're going to still curse God. Even as the earthquakes are coming and rocks are falling on them, they're cursing God. They're going to have natural explanations for all of this. They will not believe this is God's judgment coming upon them. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, today on In Grace, we're going to be answering your Bible questions once again, and we're calling this series Answers, and we're opening up the scriptures to find the answers. And today we're gonna talk a lot about the end times, especially the rapture. We have several questions that all pertain to the rapture and referencing scriptures in the gospels uh, where Jesus is speaking about the end times. And so we're gonna look at verses in the Bible, especially in the Gospels, that have to do with the rapture. And then we're also going to be looking at verses that have to do with the second coming. So some people confuse the two, and I think they're very distinct. They happen seven years apart. One is to take the church out of the earth where Jesus returns, not to the earth, but in the clouds. And then there's another event that happens where Jesus is coming back to earth, his second time, his second coming, and that's with the saints that he raptured earlier. So we're going to look at Luke 17, Matthew 24, 1 Corinthians 15, important passages all dealing with the end times and the doctrine of the rapture. Right before we get into that, let me encourage you to also not just listen to In Grace Radio or podcast. By the way, you can find our podcast Pretty much anywhere podcasts are available, just search for In Grace. But also a television program. Uh, we air every Wednesday night. So tonight on TBN, let me encourage you to watch the third part of Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. We're going to be featuring the same on Friday here on the radio. But you really want to see what we have either on TBN on Wednesday nights or anytime on YouTube, our YouTube channel. Search for that, subscribe on that, get alerts, like those videos. More people can see them if you do that. And we have a Roku channel. Many you have smart TVs, you have YouTube right there on your TV, or you have a Roku or Roku channel, then search for InGrace on those and you'll find us. And you want to go back and watch. You can binge watch InGrace. We interview a, a man that walked on the moon. We interview the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King. We take you to all sorts of places all around the world, but especially Israel. And so we encourage you to check out InGrace on YouTube, Roku, or tonight on TBN. The first question that we're going to attempt to answer today is from Luke chapter 17. And the question is, is this passage talking about the rapture? And the question is actually a lot longer than that, but as I go through it, you're going to be getting the answers to the questions about Luke 17. And there's also a parallel passages in Mark, and then we're going to be discussing the parallel to this in, in Matthew 24. This is the Olivet Discourse. So if you understand the timeline of Jesus' life, this is in his last week. He has already come into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, declaring himself to be the Messiah. And the elite, the scholars of the day, the religious people of the day have rejected him already. There's a lot of give and take in the temple where they're trying to confuse him, trying to ask him a question that'll trip him up. And I love reading his answers. I love it. It just proves his divinity. There's no doubt in my mind. He claimed to be God. He rose from the dead, that settles it for me. But also, just looking at the way he answered questions, profound. And people trying to, to get him into a corner, he got them into a corner. That's hard to do, 
If any of you that have ever done debate, you know that's really difficult to do. He did it every time. He had no flaw in his debating skills. Of course, as God, you would expect that. So this is the Olivet Discourse. He has just come out of the temple, and they're coming over to the Mount of Olives. So how many of you have been to Israel? You need to try to get to Israel, and you'll be able to stand on the Mount of Olives, and you're going to look, and you're going to see the beautiful Temple Mount. Now, that's where the temple would have stood. It's not there today. As we're going to read about, Jesus predicted that the temple would be destroyed. So let's read about this passage, the Olivet Discourse. I'm going to read through it without comment, if possible. I know that's hard for me to do. And then we'll continue, and I'll tell you a few other things about this. So is the Olivet Discourse basically is the question talking about the rapture, or is it talking about other aspects of end times prophecy? Luke 17, 26. And as it was, and by the way, this is into the Olivet Discourse a little bit, but this is where we're going to start the question today. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed, and one shall be taken, and the other shall be left. Now I have to stop there and comment, because you're probably wondering about that. Whenever you see italicized words in Scripture, the word men is italicized, the word women in the next verse is, that's not in the original. So this is two Two, two in a bed. So obviously the Bible always condemns same-sex relationships, and this is not talking about that. But it is in the masculine, and so the masculine in the Greek can be either feminine or masculine in, the, in this context. But if it's feminine, it is always in the feminine, okay? So just a little bit of Greek for you. But that should read two people, or a man and a woman, in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together, and that is accurate, although women is italicized. I told you I wasn't going to comment, and here I am commenting. But that would be a typical job for a, a woman of that period to be there doing the grinding at the mill. Two women, verse 35, shall be grinding together. One shall be taken, and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. One shall be taken, and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, Thither will the eagles be gathered together. So is this passage talking about the rapture? It sounds like it in some ways. Um, this will date you a little bit. How many of you remember that old movie, Thief in the Night, that we used to watch? That sent terror waves through me as a child, watching these movies. Like, I did not want to be left behind. I really believe that the Lord is going to return in the air and gather together his bride, the church, and so will we ever be with the Lord. It's a clear teaching in Scripture. It fits uh, many passages. It fits 
the eschatology that we hold to in the church, which is that the Lord's return will be before the tribulation period. It fits the prophecies of Daniel 9. As we have the, the church age, is which we're in right now, Revelation 1, 2, and 3, and then all of a sudden we don't hear about the church anymore. In 1 Corinthians and Thessalonians, we read about this catching up of the church, and it happens in a moment. There's nothing that has to happen prophetically before this happens. It could happen today. So in many of the ways that this verse reads, the Olivet Discourse, it does sound like the rapture, and I believe it uh, is similar to, but there's differences, and that's why I don't think it is talking about the rapture. And then starts the tribulation period, which actually starts right at the seven-year peace treaty that the Antichrist will confirm with Israel. It'll start with a false peace and with the seal judgments, the four horses of the apocalypse, and so on, and then the trumpet judgments and the bull judgments or vile judgments. The second half of the Great Tribulation will start when the Antichrist defiles the temple. It's called the Abomination of Desolation, spoken of by Daniel. Something similar happened, and Antiochus Epiphanes, one of the, the Greek leaders, desecrated the temple, slaughtered a pig, but the Antichrist is going to do something similar to that, and we know it's yet future, because Jesus referred to it, which he was after Antiochus Epiphanes. So, then we have the return of Christ at the second coming, the glorious appearing. So is the Olivet Discourse, what we're reading here in Luke 17, Matthew 24, uh, the passage in Mark, is this talking about the rapture or the second coming, the glorious appearing of Christ? The second coming, he comes all the way to the earth and in the rapture, he gathers us in the clouds. And again, there's a lot of similarities here and that's why there's confusion here. Let's, let's talk about this. When we came to that passage about one is taken and one is left, that kind of sounds like the rapture, right? One is taken, one is left. And that's that song that was in that movie by Larry Norman, Don't Be Left Behind, or I Wish We'd All Been Ready. So in the Olivet Discourse, Luke 17, Matthew 24, is the one taken, taken for the rapture, taken to heaven, or could it be something different? So that's what we have to learn and, and study and, and discuss. I'll just tell you this. In the context, I see the Olivet Discourse is talking about the tribulation and the second coming, not about the rapture, okay? Now, some people would disagree with me, and I'm okay with that. Maybe some parts of it's talking about before the rapture, during the rapture, then some parts are talking about the tribulation and the second coming. I can accept that, but I truly believe that all of this is talking about the second coming. So what is the one taken? Well, remember, the one taken, it alludes to two judgments, right? You remember the two judgments it alluded to? Noah and Lot, the Lot judgment, where there was great sin in the city. The great sin was homosexuality. The angels led out Lot, his wife, and the daughters, and they said, don't turn around, just flee to the mountains, and Lot's wife turned around, right? And it wasn't just a little glance over her shoulder because there was great destruction that was happening behind her. And you just got it like, you know, when you pass an accident, you have to look at it, right? I don't think it was that quick glance. I think she turned around longingly looking back at what she used to have, wanting that. That's what happened there. Remember Lot's wife. And there's a lesson there for us, right? So the ones taken, the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were taken in judgment right? And Noah was spared, but the ones taken in the flood were the people that didn't believe. So the one taken in context would be not for heaven, but for judgment. And it actually talks about 
the, right after it talks about one taken, it talks about, they said, where? The disciples said, where, Lord? And he said, where the eagles will gather to eat the corpses. Which is that? That's in Revelation, talking about the valley of Megiddo or Armageddon, the battle of Armageddon, where the, the bodies will pile up, people that will be rejecting God. It, it will be a terrible, terrible situation. So I think all this context and the actual Greek words talk about the one taken is taken in judgment. The one left behind is actually the one that is saved, a saved person during the tribulation, especially talking about Jewish people that will be trusting Christ. So I think that as we read things, sometimes we assume things into the text that aren't there. One taken, one's left behind. The whole movie, the whole song was the premise about that. But again, that does fit the rapture in a lot of ways. I just don't think it's this passage talking about the rapture. It's talking about the final days and during the tribulation. The parallel is in Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, I'm going to read you some of the verses there. This is another reason I think it's not the rapture. It says, immediately, in verse 29, after the tribulation, okay, of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. When Jesus comes back, there's no sign, there's no time to go grab your stuff. Are you ready for an adventure like no other? Dive into a world of discovery within Grace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. Immerse yourself in the awe-inspiring beauty of the Grand Canyon and uncover the captivating evidence of Noah's flood. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to InGrace. Simply call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, a tour of Noah's Ark with Ken Ham and Ark of Noah, which explores the geological evidence that supports the Bible. For your gift of $100 or more, you can enjoy our entire Creation Series bundle, including eight sensational video series. Call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. That's 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. In verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. There shall be two in the field, one be taken and the other left. Remember Noah, the people that were taken were those that weren't believing, right? And therefore be ready for such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. So the rapture's the same way. By the way, the rapture's never talked about as a thief in the night. A thief is coming to destroy, to hurt, to steal. Jesus is coming and it's a glorious thing. So don't think of thief of the night as Jesus at the rapture. It's Jesus at the second coming. He's coming to judge. He's coming to put down his enemies. He's coming to the earth. So think about all that. And you say, well, wouldn't we know the day or the hour of Jesus' second coming? Not necessarily because in these passages it says that if God did not shorten the days, that there would be no one left. So you wouldn't know exactly the day or the hour. You would typically know at the end of the seven years, that's when he would return, but you wouldn't know the day or the hour there either. So understanding this in context, again, I don't believe this is referring to the rapture. Now, another thing to remember in the Olivet Discourse, Jesus first makes a few comments in the first few verses 
of the Olivet Discourse about the destruction of the temple. Okay, He's talking there in those first few verses, he's talking more publicly at that moment about the temple literally being destroyed. Not one stone will be left on the other. I believe that is by Titus in 70 AD. But then he goes away privately and gives more detail to his believing disciples, and that's where we get most of the Olivet Discourse. So remember that Matthew 24, 1 and 2 starts with talking about the Roman destruction in 70 AD, but then it starts talking about even further in the future prophecies and talks about a desecration of the temple. So how could the temple be destroyed and desecrated? Well, it has to be rebuilt, and that again is in the future. So that's why we believe the Jewish temple will be rebuilt. It will be, have to be done uh, at least halfway through the tribulation. And there are many people in Israel trying to uh, rebuild the temple even today. Business as usual. Now that's the one sticking point, right? So they're buying, they're selling, they're having weddings, they're eating and they're drinking. How could life be normal right before the second coming of Christ? And that's a very good question, okay? That's the one thing that I've struggled with where it sounds more like the rapture, right? But remember, in the days of Noah, there was judgment coming, and they didn't believe it. They didn't care. And they were just living their life. Now, how could they be living their life in the days of the tribulation and all of these things are coming? Remember, it starts not as harshly. The different judgments of the seals are not quite as harsh. The trumpet judgments are harsher, and then the bold judgments are extremely harsh. But they're going to still curse God. Even as the earthquakes are coming and rocks are falling on them, they're cursing God. They're going to have natural explanations for all of this. They will not believe this is God's judgment coming upon them. And I think that's what this means. It means that they're not like everything's normal, but they're not anticipating judgment is what this is trying to tell us. Just like in the days of Noah, just like in the days of Lot, the people that were going to be judged weren't anticipating it. They weren't believing it. They were living their sinful life the way they wanted to, and then the end came, and then destruction came. So again, I think we can say in every point of the Olivet Discourse, this fits the tribulation period and the second coming and not the rapture. But I do think that this portrays, at least pictures, what the rapture is going to be like. How do we know the rapture is going to happen suddenly? It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. How fast is that? That's way faster than a blink. It's fast. There's actually, somebody timed it. It's, it's fast. The glint of an eye. At the last trump, the trumpet shall sound. And, and by the way, you're going to see some parallels here too. There's a trumpet as part of this, all of a discourse, and so on and so forth. But just because there's similarities doesn't mean it's the same. Because there's enough differences for us to know it can't be the same event. The trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. I think it fits beautifully with Revelation. All of a sudden, the church, it's all about the church, church, church. And then after chapter 3, there's no church. I believe at the beginning of the tribulation, the church is gone. It fits Daniel's prophecies. The 70 weeks of Daniel, which is 490 years, are all Jewish. 483 have been fulfilled. There's still seven years of Daniel's prophecy that haven't been fulfilled, and it's all Jewish. So the church is not Jew or Gentile, right? We have to be taken up. We're not appointed under wrath. I believe the church will be gone, and then the tribulation will begin. And all of this in Matthew and Luke and Mark 
talking about the end times as Jesus is talking to his disciples is about the beginning, the destruction of Jerusalem, and then most of it is talking about the tribulation and the second coming. Does that answer the question? Hopefully it does. Uh, that's my opinion, again, on Bible prophecy. We have to be a little careful not to be dogmatic because it is complicated in some ways and harder to figure out, but that's why we study, and that's why I want you to study. But that's the position that our church holds to, and I do believe it's right. Another similar question, and this actually comes from Matthew 24, 36. I'm confused about this verse. Is it talking about the rapture or the second coming? You see how a lot of the questions are similar in this in the series. So let's look at that one verse this person references, Matthew 24, 36. And of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. So again, this would apply to the rapture, certainly, but I do believe in context, this particular reference is talking about the second coming. Both will be sudden, both will be unexpected by those that don't believe, okay? And, uh, but I do believe in context, this verse is talking about the second coming. And then another question of the same passage, Matthew 24, 19, seems like there will be children in the tribulation. Can you explain? So the question is, during this tribulation period, are there children? And of course, if I believe Matthew 24 is talking about the tribulation, and it's talking about woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. In other words, get out. If you have little babies, it's going to be harder for you to get out. We know that the abomination of desolation is going to happen. The Antichrist will desecrate the temple, setting himself up to be God, offering probably a pig, just like Antiochus Epiphanes did. And God is saying, get out. Jewish people, get out. They will, I think, suddenly realize they've been duped by this guy. They will flee. Where will they flee to? Some have suggested Petra in Jordan. I've been there several times. I think it's the perfect hideout place where God will protect the remnant of Israel that have been saved. But will there be children? Of course, if I believe that this passage is tribulational, then yes, there would have to be children. I also believe that the rapture will take all of the, the children below the age of accountability. I don't have an exact scripture to back that up, but I do believe that babies that die before they reach an age of understanding, God would be merciful to them and they would be in heaven. Any of you that have lost a child, pre-born or, or a newborn, it's, you know, it's a horrible thing and I'm sorry that you've had to go through that, but I do believe that if you're saved, you will spend eternity uh, getting to know that, that precious one. If you have more questions than I've been able to answer today, we've talked a lot about the rapture and the end times. Uh, good questions, but you probably have more questions. You can contact us by calling 1-800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. Or you can write to us at ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. And we'll be answering a few more of your questions tomorrow, so don't miss our Thursday broadcast. But we would love to send you our resource of the month. It's called Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. It's a four-part video series that's quite an adventure. Whitewater... Uh, the testimony of an, of an amazing family and a miracle. You want to hear from our expert, our geologist, Dr. Andrew Snelling, who tells us how we know for sure 
that all the layers in the Grand Canyon and really around the world are a result not of millions of years, but of a fast global water catastrophe. We call it Noah's Flood. And so if you'd like to get Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure, please make a gift of any amount to Ingrace and we'll thank you by sending you either the DVD or digital download of Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. If your gift is $35 or more, we'll send you two more powerful videos about Noah's Flood and the Ark. If your gift is $100 or more, first of all, thank you so much. More people will hear the gospel and I'll send you more videos. One's Exploring God's Ocean. Another is Walk Through the Creation Museum with Ken Ham. Another one is our awesome universe, Big Bang or Big God with Dr. Danny Faulkner, Dr. Carl Ball, Spike Vasaris. Another one's Irrefutable Creation Evidence with Dr. Carl Ball. And finally, the eighth video that you'll get is Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. Please contact us today. Dive into a world of discovery with Ingrace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to Ingrace. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two more video series about Noah's Flood, or get the entire eight-series creation bundle for $100. Call 800-78-GRACE, visit ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.